You know the show. You're listening to Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. And what matters to me? Well, I hope what matters to me matters to a whole lot of people, in particular here in the United States of America. And that is, it's, it's time to get out and vote. It's time to get out and vote. I haven't done it yet, but I'm one of those guys that I, I, I kind of like to enjoy the experience of what it was like for for some people, perhaps maybe years ago, that had to stand in real, 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 real long lines or maybe they, you know, some challenge of even trying to vote. I just try to just go back and just close my eyes and just think about, you know, what it was like because, you know, <laughs> as funny as it may be to some people to think about a time, and it may not even be humorous, really, but there was a time where particularly African-Americans, black people, could not vote here in this country. So there are a lot of people who died, black and white, so that everybody can vote who is a citizen in the United States of America. I, I want to shout out to my daughter who gets a chance to vote for the first time in her life. I'm happy that she's got a chance to cast her vote for who she wants to, and uh, she's going to do that. I know she's voting for Hillary, and I'm, I'm going to be right there with her. So um, I just want to uh, congratulate her for her diligence to make sure that she was registered. She was an early voter, unlike her dad, but, uh, but I'm going to get it done. So uh, that's what matters to me. And, uh, you know, voting, <laughs> voting can change a whole lot of things. I mean, to be honest, if you really want to do a little history on the National Football League, uh, there had to be a vote by some owners uh, to let some brothers play some ball as well. So uh, I don't go back quite that far, but I go back far enough to know when things used to be different. And uh, we're working on things to make it better. That's the thing about I like about United States of America. Now, there's some other places that I love. I've been to enjoy. I enjoy the freedom to travel wherever I want to go. We also didn't have that freedom years ago, too. But voting uh, was a solution for a lot of things uh, that were not allowed and a privilege that we did not have at the time that were restricted by people for whatever reason. Uh, it was changed by voting. So let's make sure we do that. But uh, let's get started. Uh, man, there was some good football this weekend. Um, both in college and in pro football. And, uh, you know, they talk about football fun. Well, you know, it's, it's one of those things where I, I can't dispute some of the facts that people are talking about. But at least it's something that we can talk about. There's some other things going on, too. You know, football, sports is political. You have to vote to get people to, to participate. So don't think that sports isn't going to be political. You know, all, all the time it will be political in some aspect. But anyway, I don't want to talk about these things by myself. I, that's why, you know, I got friends. And when I need a friend to call upon, I know I can call on this one whenever I get a chance. I got my man Ray Sidnor out there from the University of Wisconsin. Uh, the young man who who welcomed me to the Philadelphia Eagles in 1981, and uh, just somebody, man, I have all love and respect in the world for. Uh, Big Ray, man, what's going on? How you doing there, man? Uh, I'm doing good, man. It's good to hear from you, man. I I uh, thought about you obviously uh, this morning as I gave you a call and asked you if you would join me on the show. There was a couple things in the news, in particular, a uh, young man from the University of Wisconsin made me think about you. And, uh, you know, it was one of those things, Ray, where I thought about you for all the good reasons, no bad reasons. Uh, not that there is bad. I thought about you as somebody I know I could get an honest opinion from. You know, I thought about you as somebody like they talk about Kaepernick out there who is taking a stance, uh, but he's doing something. You know, you're, you're one of those men that I've always 
appreciated, Ray, that, that when I came in as a rookie, first let me set this up right for the listening audience out there. I want you all to know, when I came out of the Ohio State University, uh, you know, one of the universities that we played against in the Big Ten was Wisconsin. And when I played at Wisconsin, I'll never forget Wisconsin, my sophomore year, I was a starter, and I go to Wisconsin, I'm playing corner, and I'm forcing to run, fight off a block, go make a tackle, and I get knocked, I, I tackle the dude, but it knocks me out, dislocates my shoulder and knocks me out. And, and so I always got Wisconsin on my mind, of course, you know, uh, you know y'all had a... What you did back then, Ray, uh, in the day, y'all had great basketball, too. I'm not going to say the football team could match what the basketball team was doing because they couldn't. But to add to the story, I want you guys to know the reason why I'm talking about what happened in Wisconsin on the football field, because I, I shook a little receiver off and I threw him to the ground and I went to make the tackle on the running back and knocked myself out. But that was a little wide receiver. <laughs> that wasn't like the wide receiver I got on the phone with me now, who is a Harold Carmichael protege coming in at six, seven, six, eight wide receiver. I want you to understand that you got to imagine this, folks out there. They talking about big wide receivers right now. They ain't gonna never get as big and as smooth as Ray and Harold Carmichael was back in the day, man. So, and, and then let me just say this too. I come in. I think, Ray, you spent some time on injury reserve that year. But still, I come in. This is a member of an NFL team that just out of respect, you know, whatever it was, God just blessed me that somebody was nice to me. People don't understand, man. I don't care how high you drafted. I don't care um, how low you drafted. I don't care if you're a free agent. When you come into the environment of the National Football League by yourself, one person comes in to, to invade into this locker room, and everybody knows this. Everybody knows that I don't care how many new people come into the locker room. In order for those new people to take residence inside that locker room, somebody's got to go because you already got your rosters already full. And so it's kind of hard for people. It's, it's different in college because when you, when you come in in college, a lot of times people are, 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 are leaving they're graduating. So it's a scholarship that comes in. Well, they're losing seniors. Freshmen come in, they're losing seniors. In pros, it's, a, it's your job. So if somebody comes in, somebody's going to leave. But I, but I just want to say publicly to everybody out there, Ray, how, how special and how much that meant to me, the way you embraced me. We worked out together. We had fun together. Um, you know, it, it, we, 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 that fraternity of the Big Ten, we had to uh, do the best we could to represent that, you know, and then and then we played basketball in the offseason, you know, <laughs> so we had a lot of fun. So I just need to go down memory lane there for a minute, Ray. But uh, but listen, here's what I want to do before I get started to talk about the things I wanted to get started. And I wanted to talk about I, I, I also want to uh you know, pay homage and, and thank you on the work that, that you've been doing for a lot of young men in their life out there. A lot of people struggling. Uh, your background from there on the East Coast and, and being back there, going back there and helping some of those people, Ray, it's just there's not enough of us, you know, have that we take enough time to really do that and to pay forward. 
uh, like we should. And I want to commend you on that as well as the ministry that you're doing, man. So so why don't you start a little bit? Now, I may have to interrupt you when they tell me we got to take a break. Right? I may interrupt you. But why don't you just tell me a little bit about the work you've been doing, man? I, I've heard so many great things about it and we haven't got a chance to talk about it. And I wanted to share it with, with the listening audience. So why don't you talk a little bit about the work that you're doing out there uh, with the kids? You know, and I, we never talked about this, but I'm sure that when you packed and left Ohio State, man, you weren't planning on going back without being a member of the Philadelphia Eagles. And, and you showed that, man, in your determination, man, your work ethic, man, uh, the way that you were organized, man. You know, you came right in. And, and then the other thing, man, that I was so impressed with, and you made it easy, right, was the fact that, man, you didn't come in like you knew it all, man. You came in, man, willing, wanting to learn and wanting to get better. And, man, it, you know, that made, that made it a lot easier transition um, for you. And then, and then finally, man, I really don't like to talk too much about um, Ohio State and Wisconsin and football because <laughs> y'all kicked out butt. Well, that was, that was football, man. But, uh, but you and your boy Wes Matthews and them back in the day, man, oh, man, that was some basketball. Oh, yeah, man. We, and we, had, we had fun, we, man. We would come down there because Ohio State had Kelvin Ramsey and Herb Williams and those guys. Yeah, yeah Log, Clark Kellogg, yeah. Yeah, uh, all of that, man. So it was some good battles, man. And, and, beta, and that was a great experience for me to be able to play football and basketball um, at Wisconsin. But, you know, Ray, the thing that of it was, man, it's just like um, – and you do the same thing I do, man. You know um, – you know, man, I tell people all the time, man, you know, I thank God for the opportunity, man, to make me, to give me an opportunity to be a professional athlete, man, to give me the opportunity to, um, to experience that, which was a lifelong dream. You know, a kid growing up in Baltimore City, man, you know, um, we never had anything. My family never even owned a car when I was growing up, man. And, and then to go to the University of Wisconsin, and, and so many people tell you what you can't do and what you can't do and how you'll never be able to make it and all of that, man. And, and it just, to me, it just helped me to be more determined. But when I had the opportunity, after having that opportunity, where, you know, man, I, um, I just felt obligated, man, to come back and give back, man, because, you know, what, what a great platform, man. When I travel around the country speaking in schools and churches, man, and one of the things that I ask kids is, what do you want to be when you grow up? And nine out of ten of them say that they want to be a professional athlete. Okay. And, 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 you know, for a lot of them, man, that's just not a realistic goal. So, man, um, but, but the fact of the matter is we don't try to shoot it down. We try to use sports as a tool to get their attention. And then, man, show them, man, that, that life is bigger than sports and there's so much more that you can use sports to do in your life. And if you happen to be a professional athlete, man, then, you know, that's a great opportunity, man. And then they'll know how to handle that opportunity. So, hey, man, hey we, Ray, you know, we you know what? School pro- Ray, I'm I, 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 no, what you just said there, man, I, I just wanted to interrupt you there because I want to come back and I really want to elaborate a lot more on that, particularly what you said about that life is bigger than sports. I remember LeBron James saying something, you know, is this is bigger than basketball, man. And a lot of people don't understand that the athletes who participate in this sport, we realize it because we see so much that they – uh, you know, in the general public don't see everything because I don't care what you do, who you are, where you come from. There's something common that somebody has in your family that will connect them to sports. So we get people from all ethnicities, you know, all around the world. They all are connected to sports. What we're going to do, Ray, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back. Yep. And I'm going to let you finish a little bit more about that. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. We're going to take a break and we'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. 
So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to beat. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely despise her, especially at 1-2. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine-horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Music, you know the show, you listen to Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix and living like it matters. Today, what matters to me is vote. Get out there to vote. Too many people lost their life, put their life on the line for you to have the chance to vote. Do not sit your behind home and complain later. I don't care who you vote for. I myself am voting for Hillary. But I'm telling you right now, get out there, cast your vote. That's your right. Uh, you listen to the Ray Ray show, really, today, <laughs> because I got my <laughs> man Ray sitting on with me today. And, uh, you know, just enjoying listening to you, man. I can feel your passion, Ray, for the work that you do. But you were talking about something, up, up, you know, about, again, sports and, 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 and sports just being so much bigger than, than ball. But at the same time, I believe you're saying that that platform that sports gives you gives you a chance to go back and help those those in your neighborhood and, and neighborhoods across the country. Am I right about that? No question about it, man. You know, Ray, I mean, you know, when you think about it, man, you know, we all come from various backgrounds, man, and, you know, and we have this God-given ability that he gave to us, man. And so, you know, man, it's, it's our obligation, man, to go back. And so one of the things that I do, and I know you do, so, man, when I'm talking to kids, man, you know, I'm all, you know I'll talk to them and use sports as an entree, man, but I use that as a way to connect with people. So when I, once I connect with them, man, I try to share with them what's really important in life. And, Ray, you said this. Now, you said earlier, probably nine out of ten kids, I believe you said, when you ask them what they want to do, they want to be a professional athlete. And that is not realistic because we know you can walk into a high school football team and, you, and there could be a hundred kids on the team. And the fact of the matter is a half of a percent. So I'm at a hundred. So a half of maybe one kid in that room might have a chance to make a pro football team. Maybe one. You may have to go to 10 schools before yeah. you're able to really find one kid that might make a chance. But, Ray, here's this. How do you teeter the line of being a dream killer as opposed to being a motivator? Because they, you don't want to kill their dream, but at the same time, you want to motivate them to help them understand the fact that, listen, you need to prepare. And, and I'm not going to say what you tell them, but I know you need to let them know it somehow in some way. Okay, I'm not saying that's realistic, that's unrealistic, but there's a chance. And one thing you could tell them for sure 
is even if you do make pro ball, you're going to have to do something else. But how do you approach that, Ray, when you got all those kids in front of you that want to play pro ball? You know what I do, Ray? Number one, man, you know, man, we, we know, man, you know, as Christian men, too, man, it's a scripture to say, train up the child in the way that they should go, and when they get old, they won't depart from it, right? And so it's the same thing, that, man, that, that we do, man. And when we were playing ball, man, what did our coach do? He tried to find out what we were good at and then use us there, right? So with the kids, man, I had a kid, and what we do, man, when we take kids into our, um, our, um, our after-school program, we always get them sponsored by an adult. So, look, man, we had this one kid, man, I'm telling you, man, um, he wasn't even five feet tall. So as I'm talking to his mom, I'm saying, so what does he want to be when he grows up? She said, my baby's going to be a pro basketball player. I said, cool. I said, cool. All right, that, that sounds good. I said, who's he played for? She said, I don't know, but he's going to be a pro basketball player. I'm like, cool. So this is a parent, you know, projecting on the kid. So then when I interviewed the kid, I said, man, what you want to do? He said, uh, man, I want to be a pro basketball player. I said, man, that's a great goal. I said, uh, who you play for right now? He said, nobody. I said, can you shoot? He said, no. I said, can you dribble? He said, no. And he wasn't even five feet tall, right? <laughs> so now, rather than shoot that kid's dream down, man, what we did, man, like, like, man, we do praise and worship and stuff like that. And I noticed that, man, when we were doing praise and worship, he was getting into it. And then when I got close to him, the kid could sing. Wow. And so, man, we found out what he was good at. And then we started putting him in, in, in charge of leading the worship at our, um, at our after-school program, which what it did, man, because success breeds confidence. So all of a sudden, he started enjoying it. He became popular. And all of a sudden, you know, the sports thing diminished for him. Sometimes, man, we try to force, you know, a round peg into a square hole. And the only way you can do that is you've got to cut corners. Man, you just can't cut corners with people, right? Right. You've got to give it to them straight. And the thing about that is when, when you give that to them, when you find that, do you find resistance? or, or is, Because many times the resistance comes from the parent is, is trying to vicariously live their life through their child, and, and, and their child is really the dreams of their child are really the dreams of the parent and not necessarily the dreams of the child. Do you, how, do you find, how do you deal with that, Ray, when you find out? Now, there could have been a chance. Like you said, you pulled that kid away, and you found out that he could sing, uh, and that's where you guys supported him at. But he might, some kids are just, I got to do what my dad says. I got to do what my mom says. And they may not even love sports. Uh, what do you do when you, when you find that kid like that? And how do you share that information with their parent that, you know, football's not a game where you want to be out there haphazardly and you're really not into it. And, and I, I don't think your kid really wants to do this. How do you, how do well, you handle that? Parents way? are the hardest, man. They're even harder than the children, man, to really get them. Because you're right, man. A lot of them, man, want to live their life through their child, right? And so, man, at the end of the day, man, when we have to have these conversations, man, you know, at, at, the, at the core, man, parents, man, what's the main thing you want? Man, you want your child to be successful, man. That's the main thing you want. And you want them to be happy, right? And so you want, you want to find out, man. So when, when I talk to parents, I'll ask them. I'll ask them, like, is this something that your child wants to do? Or is this something that you want for them to do? And then they say, well, he wants to do it too. I say, well, let's ask him. And then we'll sit down. And I say, because see, my son said this to me. Right? I was an overbearing parent at one time. And I used to go to my son's game, and I was the loudest one in the gym, yelling, screaming, and all of this kind of stuff, man. Come on, man. Do this, do that, and all of this stuff. And after the game one time, he did something that I know was very difficult for him. He said, Dad, when you do that, man, it takes the fun out of it for me. Wow. And that was a rude awakening for me, man, because, you know, man, like, look, 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 think about this, uh, Ray. You know our former teammate, Terrell Ward. His son is T.J. Ward, right? Oh, yeah. So 
TJ, man, played in the NFL, right? A guy I went to college with, his name was Arnold Gaines. Well, his son's name was Reese Gaines. Reese played in the NBA. My, my best friend growing up in, in high school and college, his name was Ray Snell. Both of his boys played in the NFL. So, man, I had this thing. Man, I wanted my son to do something that wasn't really in his heart, man. Right. And I had to come to a level, a place where I had to accept my child for who he was. Well, Ray, it's interesting you share that. Uh, and I'm going to call that part of your testimony, you know, because I, too, share something very similar to that. Uh, I wanted something for my son, and what I wanted for my son, uh, he didn't achieve. Now, he never told me that that wasn't what he wanted. He told me he wanted that. But at the same time, Ray, I think, I certainly know in, in assessing the way I went about it, I told my son, I said, listen to it. I said, Jameson, if you tell me this is what you want to do, I'm going to show you how to do it the only way I know how to do it, and that's Four balls out all the time. I'm, yeah. I'm going to give it to you the way Woody gave it to me, the way Pete Carroll gave it to me, the way Nick Saban gave it to me. I don't know how to give it to you any different. And so everybody can't take that at that level. You know, and, and it's one of these things, Ray, where I, I, I told my daughter this. I told my daughter, I said, I know why I, I was never a 4.0 student. And I said, because I've seen a 4.0 student in you. And and I know I didn't put in the work that you put in. Similar to Ray, I know one of your boys could tell you, I know why I didn't make pro ball. Because they saw the work you put in in order to make yeah. pro ball. So when you see the example of what it takes, then if you want to be honest with yourself, you'll know. And you could do the self-evaluation and you could say a, a couple different things. One of them is I'm not good enough. Another one is I'm not willing to put in that work. And, and, and it's a combination of being good and being willing to put in that work. And the third person, the third thing is you got to have it in your heart. You got to want it. If you don't want it, nobody else can make you want it, Ray. You, you know that. And, and, you know, Ray, you're hitting it right on the head. But, you know, man, see, I call this the ESPN generation, right? And, and the reason I call it that, because, see, if you watch ESPN, what do they show? They show highlights. the highlights. highlights. They don't show the processes that it takes to get to a certain place, right? So these kids, man, they see LeBron James on TV dunking, right? They see Julio Jones making these plays and all of this stuff, Adrian Peterson doing this thing. But, man, they never show you the work ethic. That's, that's involved in that. And so, man, a lot of times, that's where the rubber meets the road, man. And so, you know, when we do our camps and all, man, you know, we, what we do, man, is we, we, we put them through the process, man. And we, and we let them see what it takes. And we bring guys in like you and me and others, man, that really share our testimony to let them know, man. See, the difference between an amateur and a pro, man, see, that's what I was saying, Ray. When you came in, man, you came in, man, you was a pro when you came in. You know that, man. You had that mindset. You was ready. You know, and you were willing to pay the price. Man, everybody's not willing to do that. And when you talk to them about that, and so one of the things I ask kids, man, I say, man, so let me see who you playing for, how much you running you doing, are you eating right, are you sleeping right, are you doing all this kind of stuff? Because if you're not, man, then you have an unrealistic goal. And I'm not, I'm not telling you, your, your actions are saying that for you. And, and Ray, you're so right, because like I said, that's one of the things I said about my daughter. It wasn't just that I saw her grades when she bought them home. I was there when my wife and I would be getting up to go to work. My, my daughter's up at 4.30 in the morning, you know, to study for a test. My daughter's staying up till 1 o'clock in the morning to study for a test. My daughter's putting in the work, and that's a, what you just said. You know, I can remember my days of, you know, back in the day, Muhammad Ali came out with the movie The Greatest. I remember Muhammad Ali, a scene in that where he running and working out and talking to himself. I did that when I came to Philly with you guys, you know, because. I, I saw you do it, man. Yeah. 
Because <laughs> that's just the way I, you know, I, I just, I used different things that I knew worked for other people. That was an example that I had. And that's why I told my daughter, I know why I don't have what you have is that 4.0 is because I see how you got that. You, when you bring your report card home, all we do is see 4.2 or 4.3. We don't see the work. But I got a chance to see the work, Ray, and I, I think that's I think that's good that you guys talk to people and you let them know that this didn't, you know, like Beyonce say, I woke up like this. You didn't just wake up like this. It's like Kevin Hart nah. say, everybody want to be famous, but nobody want to put in the work. You got to put <laughs> in the work. And another thing, too, though, Ray, is that, but, you know, great people are good, great athletes, great athletes, Ray, they have, like, everything, they have this ability like everybody else that's good at something or as great as something, they make their work look effortlessly. And it's, that's yeah. not the way it is. It takes a lot of hard work and, and a lot of sacrifices in order to be great. Listen, we're going to have to take a break again, Ray. Uh, we're going to come back. Yep. You listen to Ray of Sports on the Voice America Network. I got my friend and former teammate with me, Ray Sidnor, University of Wisconsin, Philadelphia Eagles, doing great work out there on the East Coast. We're going to take a break, and we'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine. From the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week, Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Voting. Get out, vote. Somebody did that. Somebody put the work in in order for you to be able to vote. So uh, make sure you do that. Uh, it seems to me that my, uh, my voice just raised the level there in the ears of uh, my headphones. I don't know if it did that to those of you out there listening, but uh, I'll try to do whatever I can to, to adjust that a little bit. Uh, Ray said he was having a little problems hearing me earlier. Uh, Ray being my friend, Ray Sidnor out of the University of Wisconsin. And, of course, uh, my teammate there with me with the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, although we didn't win one of those uh, Super Bowls, uh, Ray was on the team when they went. He's got one of them NFC championship rings. I don't even have a championship yes, ring. But, uh, <laughs> boy, it's, it's, it's just a blessing to, to still be here, Ray, talk to you. And uh, let me just say this. As I said, Ray, you, you've been doing great work since you've uh, left the National Football League. Um, You've been uh, helping uh, people across the country, young men across the country, focus a lot there in 
in uh, in Baltimore, Maryland, uh, where you're from, one thing that resonates with me, similar to what you said, uh, my upbringing was similar to yours, Ray, too. We never had a car when I was growing up as a kid. And uh, mm-hmm. I, as a matter of fact, couldn't play Pop Warner football because uh, where it was located at, so I didn't play football until I was in the seventh grade. So it wasn't too long ago that things weren't as... Uh, as good for us as they are now and for some of those people out here in America things are still bad there's one thing that I've always wanted people to know uh, and the young man from uh, University of Wisconsin I think his name is Nigel Hayes uh, Ray took the time to address and that is and, and, and I want to shout out to my man, Bob Murphy. Bob was a former teammate of mine at The Ohio State University. Uh, Bob got drafted by the Atlanta Falcons and played in the league for a few years. And he's going to join me on the show one time. Uh, Bob is one of my white brothers from another mother. And he and I are going to talk about some of these issues, man. Because, see, for some reason or another, there's racial tension in the United States of America. Been this way for a long time. But at the yeah. same time... Sports is one of those things where we've been able to somehow or another come together and tolerate it. Uh, there was a time where uh, I said a couple things back in my hometown of Canton, Ohio. It might have cost me the opportunity to coach my high school. Uh, but it was something similar to what Nigel talked about, you know, you know, black man, young black man being entertainment. It was something similar to that. But certainly, uh, I think that, and many times within the black culture, that it's very obvious to those who are part of that black culture that they see black athletes. And I believe this may be one reason, and I, and I, I didn't read the book because it offended me, just the title of it. And, and it was a mm-hmm. book that was written called The $40 Million Slave. I didn't read that yeah. book for that simple reason. It was written by a black man. I met him recently. And I said I was going to give him a, I wanted to talk to him, but when he, he offended me, I'll tell him now personally on the air in case he ever hears it. The reason why I never sent him, because you gave me your damn email. <laughs> you know, I tell you I want to contact you to talk to you about your book. Uh, not that I think I'm anybody special, but I achieved something that was special as a professional athlete, how you earn your damn money. And I tell you I want to talk to you, you're going to give me, you tell me here's my email? Really? So anyway, <laughs> and you're making your money off of athletes, but you're going to write a book entitled The $40 Million Slave. Well, let me just say this. Back in the day, uh, within the community, we would talk about, you know, those of us who are in the house and those of us who are in the field. Those in the house get treated a little different than those in the field. Yeah. A lot of times, athletes are looked at by our own people as we might be the ones in the house who get in preferential treatment. And, and master might be taking care of us a little better than those out in the field. Well, I think the young man at the University of Wisconsin uh, kind of related to that and what his comments were in terms of how athletes get treated. But the reality of it is we still looked upon by those who don't like black people as the rest of those that are out in the field. So, so again, Ray, man, this was a young man from Wisconsin. And I just say this because guess what? He got some white teammates in the locker room and he going to rally around and they're going to make change. We had some white teammates back in there. So I said, my, my man, Bob Murphy, another brother from another mother, you know, my white brother, we're we going to come together and we're going to change this thing because we all play for the same team. And you, a strong Christian, stronger than I am, you'll walk stronger than mine, Ray. But you understand, listen, the solution ain't a black or a white solution. It's Jesus. And we're going to all come together. We're going we gonna to figure this thing out. But somehow, Ray, in sports, we're able to figure it out. How do you think it is that 
black and white guys from all over the world. Now, you know some of the white guys don't like the brothers. The brothers don't like the white guys. You know based upon where they came from. It was a surprise to go to college and some white guys had never seen real black people in their life. (laughs) You know, know, that's the truth. And so we've been a part of that generation, but we see things have changed. So, Ray, what do you think is special about sports and how is this young man going to be able to use his sports platform to change some things and let them know, hey, guys, yeah, we may be in the house, but they do treat us differently. But together, we're going to all come together one day. We're going to find a solution. Uh, Are you you in, in any way trying to uh, think about that as you go out and work, Ray, or is that something kind of outside the realm of what your focus has no, been? No, that's, that's kind of what we do, man. You know, um, Ray, you know, number one, man, I, I tell you like this, man, you're right, man. You know, um, that's a great analogy, man, in terms of, man, we're in the house, right? And see, that's what sports do. Sports will get us in the house, man. We're acceptable. We're cool. He's all right. Let him in, right? But, but, but see, when you um, are aware and you're conscious, man, all you got to do is listen to what people say. You know, and, and people, they say things, man. They say things, Ray, that, that let you know that, man, yeah, you in the house, but you ain't all, you know, you ain't, <laughs> you know, you ain't in the family, <laughs> you know, to a degree. And, 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 and to a degree, that's okay. Because, man, I, I'd rather know where I stand than, than not know where I stand. And that's kind of the era that we're in now. See, back in the day, man, it's pretty obvious, man, if, if you were part of the, you know, part of the team or not, right? Right. Now, what, what we do, man, and, and Ray, you know this through sports, man. See, sports, man. It's a great common denominator. You know, it didn't matter, man. Like I said, I share this all the time, man. When I, my freshman year at Wisconsin, there was a kid from uh, uh, Oconomowoc, Wisconsin, man. And, and I didn't know where that was. And he, he probably didn't know where Baltimore was. And he had never seen a black guy before. And he was standing there staring at me. And I'm like, man, what's up? <laughs> you know? And he was like, I never saw a black guy before in person except on TV. And see, th- during the 70s and all, when we were in college, right. you know, they were used to the stereotype that a black person would be, you know, jumping up and down, yes, sir, boss, and that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And that wasn't us, right? Right. But then, but man, we could go out on that football field. And I'm, I'm a firm believer in this, right? That people attach themselves to a goal and a vision. And so we had a goal in sports. We wanted to move the ball down the field. And we didn't care where you were from. It across social economic lines, racial lines, right? All of that kind of stuff, man. And so that's what visions would do. And that's what goals would do. And now when we get off the field, man, there were certain guys, man, like the brothers hung out with the brothers, the white dudes hung out with the white dudes. You had some people that crossed both lines. I was one of those dudes that could hang out with anybody, right, to be honest with you. But I learned this, and I share this with kids all the time. Just because people let you hang out with them don't mean that they accept you. Yes. It doesn't. Yes. And so, man, you got to be aware of that, and see, you got to know who you are. So one of the things, man, you know, man, like one thing, man, like you said, man, I'm a Christian. I'm an ordained minister, man. I'm a preacher. So, man, but, you know, man, we're all covered by the blood, man, once we become saved. And so our goal, man, is to find a common denominator in Jesus Christ, man, and say, you know what, man, it ain't about... What color, what color your skin is. It's the color of his blood, man. And so we walk together and we find a common den- denominator because, man, what we want to do, man, is we want to try to find a way to be a part of the solution instead of part of the problem. And that's working together. And, Ray, I, I, man, I, I'm, I'm just so happy to hear that, man, you know, because there, there ain't no doubt in my mind. I, I know that the only way this thing is, is going to work is that we pray and, we, we you know, that, that we stay humble. Because I always tell people I have never in my life 
played before I prayed. And and somebody tried to say years ago they're going to take Christianity out of out of sports. I said no, that that ain't going to ever happen because if that happened, then sports will be over, you know. And I don't <laughs> ever remember. And and what's really interesting about it, and no disrespect uh, to them whatsoever, because because I think that uh, that the Jewish families that own the teams respect. Uh, the uh, the Christian men's right to to pray, and and yeah. so they've always given us that opportunity. They've never said, uh, you know, and I think every guy that I played for, you know, was was Jewish, and I and I don't think that that, that they ever said you cannot pray. You know, that was one thing, Ray. Yeah. If you remember when we went on strike in '82, I think it was. Uh, that, you know, we went down to Atlanta for a game during the season, but I remember across the country, you know, what we were going to show how we were united was we were going to go to the center of the field and pray. And, and that, that's one of the things that I'm just so happy uh, that is a part of sports is prayer. I think that's part of the problem with schools, Ray, is that they took prayer out of schools. And, you know, our generation, that's, that's what we did. We, we prayed. But certainly, I, I like you, I certainly believe that, that that common vision and goal is something uh, that helps these guys come together from various backgrounds and and somehow get unified to the point where our, everybody's focused on the same goal and the same vision. Those goals and visions many times, Ray, come from football coaches. Let me ask you, how special do you think these men are? Because they can take their profession and take these people. Other people... There are companies in this, in this United States of America, there's teams in this United States of America that you can walk up and there's very few or very little diversity within their organization upstairs. We ain't talking about on the field. I'm talking upstairs. There are companies you can walk in around the country, very little diversity whatsoever. But somehow or another, at the highest level of professional sports, these men understand that I've got to get the best talent they don't, they, they don't play. They got to have the best talent on the team. How do you think or what do you think it is that's so special for these men that they're able to, first of all, to have that vision, but then that they're able to accomplish that? And is this something they could share with, with the rest of corporate America? Because after all, sports is corporate. Even in college, it's corporate. So what do you think about that, Ray? Well, you know, Ray, I think so, yes. You know, our former coach, Dick Vermeil, you know, he does a lot of corporate speaking. You know that. And, and, yes. and so, you know, I think some of these guys, man, business people, like, man, like, hey, man, like I, I own a nonprofit, right? And so, man, at the end of the day, man, we become, they become results-oriented. This is what these guys are. And, and so they look at the bottom line. Like people like Jerry Jones, man, he don't care what color you are, man. And, and, and really, at the end of the day, he just want to know, is he making money or is he losing money, Right. And so, and so these guys, they take that out of there. You see, losers, man, losers get caught up in what? Statistics, man. We always say statistics are for losers. Well, the color of your skin is a statistic. You know, that's what it is. And when you start looking at that kind of stuff, man, you lose focus and you miss the goal that we were talking about in the beginning. And then, you know, you know, I know that, man, like, like they say, you know, they've taken corporate prayer out of school. And if you look at certain organizations like the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, they have this thing called See You at the Pole, which is where they pray you know, before school, you know, kids get together and pray. But I can tell you this, man. Um, but, you know, man, when I was in school, man, I wasn't a Christian. But, man, I, I, it's been times, man, where I had a test, man, and I ain't know the answer. And I'm, I may not have known who I was praying to, but I was praying, you know. Because <laughs> I was like, is it A, B, C, or D? Yeah. God help me. You know what I'm saying? And, but, but we got to make it a focus, man. And, and so 
see, that's the challenge, man. And, and so, like, even here in Baltimore, right, we, everybody's familiar with this Freddie Gray incident, right? Yes. Well, Freddie Gray, when he was in middle school, he was in my mentoring program. Now, you know, he was in my mentoring program, but he was Freddie Gray. He wasn't Freddie Gray. <laughs> you know what I'm mm-hmm, saying? Mm-hmm. So, you know, there wasn't anything that stood out about him, man. But one of the things, Ray, that we just did here in this city, we had this outreach called Shooting for Peace, man, where we brought pro athletes in, man, from all over the country. And I told you, man, I want you to be one of the guys we do when we, when we go to Columbus. And, man, I'm telling you right now, man, we were praying, and the police officers were with the people in the community, and they were dancing in the streets and all of this kind of stuff. And it was a common goal, a common bond. And we brought people together, man, and it's changing the way Baltimore operates. Well, I'll tell you what, Ray, I'm going to do my best to make sure I can make that. You say you're going to Columbus. You know anytime I get a chance to go to Columbus, I'm ready to go. But what we're going to do, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back. Yeah. we got one last segment, man. I'm really enjoying this. I hope you folks are as well. You listen to Rail, the Sports and the Voice of America Network. Um, in Phoenix, living like it matters, and we'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to beat. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. that music you know the show you listen to rail the sports on the voice of america network i'm in phoenix living like it matters vote just get out and vote that, that's it drop the mic go vote that's it uh listen i uh, this last segment i gotta wrap it up it's not gonna be too long got my man ray sitting on with me ray of course as i've been telling you all day is former teammate of mine with the philadelphia eagles and um uh, also a Wisconsin Badger, but but we were we were talking about uh, shooting for peace and and Ray, that's 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 something that you guys are doing. You're gonna do it all over the country. Uh, I like yep. to be involved, you know, in any any capacity, any way that I can help you with any of the work that you're doing. Uh, I certainly want to make sure that I do that. But before I get you off, man, Ray, I got to talk a little bit of football, man, and 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 one thing that that I wanted to talk about in particular because um, it's it's one of these things. Whereas there there are times where uh, you know, it, football is still a game, and and yeah. and I think it, 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 and I believe too that it is entertainment. And and the conversation now has been, is is football not fun anymore? It's, for me, it's certainly fun to watch, uh, but but I do see where there are a lot of penalties, a lot of things going on, and 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 I know the the concern about concussions and all that. Are you still enjoying football, Ray? And do you think football is still fun for the majority of the fans out there? Man, I think it's still fun, Ray. I mean, I think it's, that's pretty that's pretty obvious, man, because fans go crazy when they go to the games, and, and we build our Sundays around football. But, you know, man, at the end of the day, Ray, I, I'd like to see them loosen up a little bit, man. You know, such an emotional game, man. I'd like to, like, like to let them 
let guys, you know, celebrate a little bit more, man, and just be emotional, just be themselves, man. I'd really like to see that because, again, if it's entertainment, it's for the fans. I think the fans like it. Yeah, and I, and I agree with you, Ray. And, I, you know, it's, I think sometimes they were trying to say that the emotional, if it was unrehearsed emotion, they're okay with that. But when it's something that took time out that you planned, then I think that's one of those things they wanted to get rid of. I, I, you know, we remember back in our generation, you know, of course, uh, there was the fun bunch, you know. Yeah, and, what I was and, thinking, you know. know and that, that's where all them, you know, why, why receivers from down there in Washington get together. And one of them, one of the, listen, Ray, one of the best ones that ever existed that they don't talk about anymore. And I'm surprised they don't talk about it. It could be a reason they don't talk about it. But was Butch Johnson. You, man, you didn't want to get shot by Butch, <laughs> you know, because Butch pull out, Butch got his double barrels on, man. He scored a touchdown, slammed the ball, and, you know, take him out and shoot you with a double barrel. Man, you know, it was just some yeah. funny. It was some funny stuff, man. It really was. And, and I really did enjoy it. And I, and I think some guys, has, you know, even T.O. used to come up with some things, man, take the pom-poms, you know, from the cheerleaders, you know. Yeah. And, uh, you know, yes, and then, you know, somebody getting on their knee, you know, faking a proposal. I think all that. But don't take too much away from the game. And, and they say that it's, it's more on the individual. I don't, I don't really think it's more on the individual. I, I think it's, uh, you know, I think it's just adding entertainment value. So let me ask you one other question, Ray, because, you know, we, we have some friends out there, and, and you probably know of some people that I may not have uh, known of in terms of their health-wise, but uh, uh, let's talk about concussions. What, what do you think about now? If you had a—I uh, already know your son is uh, already—he's playing basketball— uh, right. let, let, let's look at, um, you know, nowadays when you're speaking to these young men that are playing football, um, does it concern you, the issue around concussions in the young men that are playing today? Ray, I don't know why it is, but for me, you know, when I see these guys get slammed on the top, we have always been slammed on People have always jumped up high in the air, come down on their head. The whole time I played, Ray, I never saw anybody grab their helmet the way guys grab their heads. I've never seen as many people just hit the turf. And just be knocked out, you know, just just yeah. out cold. So I'm not sure if it's the equipment or what it is, but but are you concerned about concussions today? I mean, not not so much, man. You know, I, I've always felt like this, right? That like, man, when they're really young, man, I don't think they should be doing the contact stuff, man. I think they should be developing their skill level. You know, that's what I think. And I think when you get a little older, man, you, you know, you need to turn them on to, um, to the contact and let them see if they have an appetite for that. But, you know, man, it's like anything else, man. If you talk about it enough, man, people start paying attention to it, and it becomes a mindset. So all of a sudden, man, these guys, now as soon as they get hit, first thing they do, everybody talking concussion. So now you wonder if you have a concussion or not. You know, whereas when we played, man, the expectation was, man, you get out there, you get hit, you get your bell rung, you get back out there, and it was more of a macho game, man, because you ain't really going to come back and say, man, I got my bell rung. Yeah, well, you, you know? well, Ray, you know what? And you, you're so right about that, and I'm glad you say that because that's all we, that was the terminology, that was the medical terminology that was used for us. It actually was getting your bell rung. It wasn't a concussion because we didn't really know what concussions were. We were, I don't ever remember anybody the whole time I was playing. That anybody said, well, he's not playing again because he's got a concussion. We, people get knocked out, Ray. Is, is smelling salt even on the market? Can you go buy smelling salt? I mean, what is smelling salt? Where do you, where do you buy that at, you know? And, and it's one of those things where that's how I, I often say, you know, well, how come when somebody goes into surgery 
and they come back after they've been sedated. Why don't they use smelling salts to wake them up? That's what they use for us on the football field. Why y'all waiting so it long? Us, but, it, it went real good. <laughs> yeah, put some smelling salts under his nose. But but anyway, uh, I, I agree with you as well, Ray. I, I want the game, uh, I want the, the people to be safer that play the game today. Uh, I'm not a chauvinist, but I'm certainly I'm not in favor of women playing football at the level or, or no. to the degree that men play with the contact. Uh, I, I think that's smart that they don't play, they don't take as many hits when they're younger. Maybe they just play flag football when they're younger. But uh, but I don't want to take away. I love the sport. I, I would do it again, but I would do it differently. I when you, Herman Edwards used to tell me. Homeboy, homeboy, you can't keep running up in there like that. You ain't gonna last too long. You can't keep running. You, so, hey, you used to run up in there. Hey, man, that, 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 listen, that's the way uh, Pete taught me that, man, at, at Ohio State. I will say this. I, I, I go in a court of law, and, and I would tell anybody that Pete Carroll told me. I remember I hit somebody one time, Ray. It might have been from Wisconsin. Tight end. But Pete, <laughs> said, Pete said to me, nah, that's a, that, that might look good on film, but you didn't hit him in the face. I'll never forget it. You didn't hit him in the face. <laughs> and, and that's all he wanted, man. <laughs> if, you didn't, if you didn't hit him in the face, you didn't do a good job. But, so, Ray, listen, man, what you got going? Anything you want to um, share with us in the, in the last few minutes? I want to make sure that uh, I want to know a little bit about your nonprofit there. And if somebody needs to reach you, a, a website or a phone number they can yeah, reach man. you at. Yeah, I have, I have websites and all, Ray. And, and um, you know, that's, um, uh, you, can, you can look at what we're doing. at www.maa. P I N C dot O R G W dot M A A P dot M A A P I N C dot O R G. And you know, we're doing stuff all over the country, man. And we're looking for different cities, man, to come and do this um, uh, outreach where we speak in every school. We bring police, police officers in to partner with the community. And man, you know, we just want to have a, a fun time, but we teach a message about hope by making good choices, anti-drugs, anti-violence, anti-bullying, and we do this piece on social media that's really taking over. But Ray, at the end of the day, man, I just want to say thank you to you, man. I'm proud of you, man. You know, man, it's always great when you and I get together, man, and uh, what you're doing, man, is you're making a difference, man. So keep up the good work. Well, I appreciate it, man. That's what this platform is for, for, for all the fellas who, who need an opportunity to share their message with the world because, you know, when it's the World Wide Web, you know, never change. So uh, to share with the, the good things that's going on in their life and, and how they're giving uh, back and paying forward to their communities, man. It's just something I always wanted to do. And I, I thank these folks here at Voice America, Jeff Spinard, the owner here, for, for the opportunity to do this. Uh, but, Ray, let me just tell you, man, I'm in a Hall of Fame city, man. You know, we got uh, can't know. Okay, yeah. Canton, Ohio has to get this program. So I want you and I are uh, going to circle back, and, and we will make sure that in Canton and Cleveland, uh, and yeah. Columbus, you know, and Philadelphia. So all those towns right, that, that, I, that I have uh, that my blood runs through and uh, they've been a part of my life. I want to be uh, a, a part of their life and to make things better for, for their future. So, Ray, we're going to have to go, man. Thank you so much. I'll be in touch with you. I want to all yes, thank, thank all of you folks for, for listening. You've been listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. Uh, I'm in Phoenix uh, living like it matters, and I'll see you next time, which will be the best time. Thank you for spending this hour with Ray Ellis Sports. We hope that you've enjoyed today's conversation. For more information and to write Ray, visit RayEllisSports.com. That's RayEllisSports.com. Be sure to join us again next Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Sports Channel.